Welcome to this episode of Peak to Pit, Allie Peak, TJ Pittinger. There has been a few happenings in the sports world since we talked, although TJ, I do feel like this is kind of like, I don't know, a little bit of a dead time in sports. I mean, there are, there are some things going on. It's not like there's nothing, but I just feel like we're in this lull waiting for football. Yeah, the summer, well, almost summer, right? May 20th. The summer is less exciting uh, than the fall. Spring football is over, but there are a lot of other things kind of kicking up and kind of getting going again in a very weird year last year where everything got delayed. And sure, I'll never complain of, about like yeah. eh, sports ever again because at least we have something, right? Yeah, we, we didn't have a ton of uh, stuff last year in the summer. It was even worse and everything kind of got pushed back. So this year, having the NBA playoffs, having the NHL playoffs, having uh, – Baseball, the Rays have won like seven in a row, so the hometown team doing well um, is nice to have back. But yeah, it's all just kind of a countdown to uh, to football. Weekends are not spent at uh, around each other's TVs and on each other's couches like we do in the fall. We went to Disney this weekend, so that was fun um, just to kind of get away. And um, which park were you at? We went to Magic Kingdom. It that was the best. A, the original yeah, and the best. Yeah, we had especially we, so for kids got, your kids' age. Yeah, that's kind of why we had done the other ones kind of in succession. We started with Epcot, then went to Hollywood Studios, then went to Animal Kingdom, and then we went to Magic Kingdom this time because it was the one that Elena would appreciate the most, right? Sure. Princesses and more fun and pretty rides much, uh, and I mean, little kid yeah, rides. All but yeah. such a, all but just a couple rides are pretty much all ages and heights, and that's yeah. huge. We got in first time we've done this, so like I, I don't know. Did have you? Did you? Are you guys like get there first thing, people, or kind of stroll in when you get um, there? Or we so. We try and get there pretty close to open. Now, prior to the pandemic, there were several times where we like literally were like at the gate when the doors open. And we've done um, breakfast at the Beast Castle, which is kind of fun. So you're in like prior to the park actually opening, which is nice. But um, honestly, with it being lower capacity, it's been way less of a uh, um, rush, I feel like, to get there, right? Because it's not, it's, it's not ever going to be packed at the moment. Yeah. Still at a limited capacity. So we are not all the years that it was just us being single and going or not single, but like no kids, right? Just, just the two of us. We never got up early and went really, really early. Um, it was just easier to sleep in and stuff, but with kids and we got up at five 30 on Saturday, I even saw a meme that said like waking up at, at six o'clock any any normal day and then waking up at six o'clock when you're going to Disney and you know, totally different feeling. So to- you're sure. like your head pops off the pillow. Oh, it's like heck yeah. field trip day in, in high school or like in middle school. But anyway, so we, we got up at five 30, we left the house at six 30, got there just shortly after, um, uh, eight o'clock, right. Which was open. We were actually pulling into the parking lot at like eight Oh five. So pretty close to ride it open with two kids, which is kind of crazy. Uh, but we got in right away. We went and rode Buzz Lightyear for those that are familiar with the park, uh, kind of off to the right. Then we went and did several things in like uh, Fantasyland and Adventureland, rode like the uh, Peter Pan and, and all of those things that like little kids, it's a small world, all those things. And we were essentially done by, I don't know, one o'clock, you know, noon, one o'clock. Brian yeah, took I mean, a nap. If, especially if you're not trying to ride 
the mountains, which not you, riding not, the mountains with the kids. Enough for yeah. yet. Um, we uh, really the things can. I'd say we we missed out on. We kind of forgot, I'll say, about the teacups. Elena really likes those, but by the time we thought about it, we were already kind of like making our way out, and she was moody and needed a nap, and so it just didn't happen. And then there was a little bit too long of a wait for like Haunted Mansion or Pirates, but she doesn't really understand those yet, and so she'd have had a fine time on it, but I don't think she'd have really – she doesn't understand like Pirates yet. and she. So it, it ended up being great. So we got our Dole Whip, and we got out, and um, – had a great time. It was also nice. Uh, it was the first day that they removed the outside or outdoors mask mandate. Universal had lifted theirs the day before. And that was, um, I was really wanting to like cancel our reservation and go another time. Cause I didn't think Disney would do there so fast, but through the middle of the night, we ended up w- waking up and you would send a message. Disney lifted theirs as well. And so, um, thank God, because there, there's nothing like well, trying to walk I out of a, out of a, um, ride back into the heat and have that on your face. It was nice to be able to pull that off once you went outside. So that was fantastic as well. You'll enjoy it when you guys go next. The day before is when the new CDC regulations had come out, um, essentially saying anybody that received the vaccine was good to go. And since in the state of Florida, you cannot ask for verification of a vaccine, these businesses kind of just make the choice. Like we're either going to say we still want everyone to wear it or it's optional for everyone because there's not really a way do it any other, you know, uh, any other way here in the state of Florida, which I'm totally good with. Um, but Disney also had an earnings report that day that was like abysmal. And I think that that probably was at least a factor in deciding to move as fast as they had, because they haven't moved as fast as they did then with some of the other CDC changes that have come out. Um, they mentioned, you know, when they, when the CDC said, three feet instead of six feet. It took Disney a while to adapt to that. Like they just were some changes that Disney for whatever business decision or the other decided they were not going to quickly um, change to, right? Which is their prerogative. It's private business. You can do what you want. But I do kind of think that that earnings report probably factored um, into that move, especially with Universal going ahead and immediately saying, okay, no masks outside. Dis- our, um, Bush Gardens and SeaWorld said no masks anywhere. Um, so when you're hoping to have a better earnings report and all of your competition has made this move, it kind of was a no brainer for Disney. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of that, I would expect their capacity limits rise. I'm not sure if they've gone from 35 to so 50 yet. They or not, have but- never officially said what anything was. There's been some like hints from CFOs or CEOs and things that have kind of given us ballparks, but Disney's actually never said what they're at or what they're going to when they when they've made moves i know for sure like we went in august when we went in august and we went in november they had definitely changed capacity between my uh, assumption is and november and i think they have again now they're probably between that 35 and 50 where all the other parks are i couldn't imagine that they're too far off from from any of them yeah um but with that i expect that capacity to rise another capacity Great transition here. Another capacity that's going to rise is our stadiums are going to be, well, they're going to have the capacity to be full. We'll see how the, uh, how the games play out, but, uh, and how attendance, I want to know kind of how this changes things in the way that people view attending sporting events, but UF announced FSU's both, both announced that, uh, 
their stadiums will be full. Miami announced that theirs will be full. I, you know, it never has Sometimes been. The but, option of being full. You know, right. Um, but full stadiums, you know, there will be certain stadiums in the South that will be full. Yes. And not only Tuscaloosa, it'll be full. (laughs) um, But I think uh, uh, important if you really want full stadiums is optional masks because nobody is actually trying to sit outside in 100 degree September weather in Gainesville um, or not most people anyway. Um, Honestly, the health risk there is probably pretty large uh, with as hot as it gets in the swamp. But yeah, so option for full capacity, masks optional. Let's go. Football is coming back like we remember it. Yeah, it'll be, I mean, it'll be good. And no matter what you've kind of thought about the pandemic, you know, trust the science, be on this side, be on that side. The CDC has come out and basically said, if you've been vaccinated, you do not need to mask indoor, really indoors, outdoors, or in a crowd you're good to go. And so if people go and are not vaccinated, I mean, that's their choice at the end of the day, right? Like it's like anything else, but if you're vaccinated, you're safe. So, um, so good. I mean, good on these colleges that are uh, moving things that way. I've seen that uh, Florida state is hosting a regional this weekend in softball. So is Florida Um, both. If I remember correctly, I know Florida state a hundred percent. I'm pretty sure Florida did too. Both of those uh, venues are, open to hundred percent capacity. Yeah. Unless I'm just missing that. Somebody may correct me on UFs. UF definitely increased theirs. I believe up to hundred percent. I know that Florida States went up to hundred percent. And so I can't imagine that UFs is much different. Those aren't massive capacity venues anyway, right? Those aren't 80,000, right. 90,000 people stadiums like the football are, but uh, it's yeah. still full well, capacity. The NCAA announced full capacity for softball and baseball postseasons that it was allowed on their end, which I think is what was holding back most of these schools. Now, some of them might have had a conference rule as well, but with the NCAA saying full capacity crowds, um, I can't imagine that anybody stands and actually I just Googled it real quick and UF did remove capacity limitations. Um, yeah. So. So glad that things are getting back um, to normal in that regard. Um and like I said, some some playoffs kicking off this weekend. Um, baseball's wrapping up their seasons in for both UF and Florida State. I saw that Florida State could be uh, the, they were projected as the two seed in Gaines in the Gainesville Regional. Uh, so we'll see kind of how that I plays out. I saw a poll on Twitter. Someone was saying, "Would you rather have Florida State or Miami in our uh, in our regional if?" capacity is lifted this was a few days before capacity was lifted and florida state won um uh handily in that poll but yeah that would be fun yeah i'd like it because it's closer right i'll have to go i i I would try to go to a game if it was in gainesville um but yeah no for sure florida and florida state played a couple of games this year florida won one of them two to one florida state won one of uh, won the other one ten to one or ten to two um so yeah, I mean, I most years you'd, you'd be like, I, absolutely no way, I want to go to Gainesville. But Florida State's been a little bit better against the Gators over the last two years, so we'll see. Um, and like you said, hundred percent softball for both teams this weekend as well. Um, all right, I sent you the video of this. We'll kind of pivot a little bit to some pro sports since there's a lot of a uh, lot of college stuff. Um, it's pretty dead right now, uh, especially with regards to football. I sent you the video. Did I mean? I so watched it. I was going to ask, did you see? But I, again, I sent it to you. LeBron shot last night. Yeah, absolutely incredible, 
right? I mean, probably a lot of luck. But I mean, those things, I oh, don't yeah. know. I don't know For if it's sure luck or not. Listen, it, was, it was awesome, right? I, you know, we say luck, but then the, I've never hit a shot like that. You know, so like <laughs> when LeBron or Michael or Kobe or Steph or somebody like that does it, it's it's less luck than if you or I did it, right? Sure, like, sure. <laughs> so um, the Lakers, and, okay, so I hate this. I don't know how familiar you are with this play-in system. The game last night between the Lakers and Warriors for the seven seed was absolutely fantastic. It was one of, honestly, it was one of the best games of the year. That said, I think the play-in system is absolutely ridiculous and dumb. Um, and just because something ended up being a good game doesn't mean, you know, that that it necessarily was right, right? Like you could tell Hadley, like, don't jump off my bed. And she could do like a triple backflip and land the stick the landing and you say like, well, I still told you not to jump off my bed, right? Like just because something turned out okay. God, that happens in my house like 87,000 <laughs> times a day. I so feel that. We, uh, we definitely went down relevant street with that one. Um, but anyway, so the, for the way, for those listening that don't know the play, the way the play in system works is the seven and eight seeds in each conference play each other. And the winner of that game is the seven seed, right? Okay. The loser then plays the winner of the nine and 10 seeds, which, which had played each other earlier in the evening. So seven and eight play each other, nine and 10 play each other. The loser of nine and 10 is out. And then okay. the loser of seven and eight plays the winner of nine and 10. So the way it worked out this time is seven, one, the Lakers won eight lost. So now the Warriors will play Memphis who they will probably w- beat. Um, and that team is then the eight seed. So we got a good game out of it. We got a great LeBron game winner out of it. We got a lot of fun out of it. I just don't know that you need to have 10 playoff teams in each conference. You legitimately now have 20 playoff teams and 10 teams that don't make the playoffs, which is ridiculous. I think it just if you're going to keep you're going to keep expanding 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 you've got several teams in here with losing records i just i think it's dumb to have it i i think that we've talked about playoff expansion in college football you know i didn't love the playoff expansion in the nfl um you know there have been several times where nfl teams have gotten in with below 500 records just by winning the division I don't think that you necessarily needed to add a seventh playoff team right. um, in the NFL. I don't think you needed to add two more in this one, you know? Right. So anyway, I think it was kind of dumb by the NBA, but they don't really care what I think. Obviously they just want the revenue, but in that seven, eight game last night, we did get a great game. Of course, I'm going to watch it. You've got two of the best players in the last 20 years on the court in Steph and LeBron. I battled it out. Went down to the wire. Obviously, LeBron hits a crazy 30-foot four three-pointer as the shot clock expires with just under a minute to go. Gives LA a three-point lead, and they hold on to it and ended up winning by that uh, margin. But, man, the LeBron – you know, you, I kind of forget about how old Curry is too because he had four years in college. But you kind of – these guys are old. And, like, this will not go on forever. And so it's, it, it is neat to watch – you know, greatness while it's happening. I don't know how many more years LeBron can do this. I don't know how many more years Steph can do this. Um, Probably more than LeBron because he is a few years younger, but while they're here, it's, uh, it's fun to, uh, it's fun to enjoy what they're doing. LeBron is, I mean, I saw another stat that in the last 20 years, 
uh, LeBron has the second most game tying or game, um, not, not winning. He's made the most field goals in the last minute of the game that either tied up the score or gave his team the lead. Uh, so not all game winners, because if he scores with five seconds left and then his opponent hits a game winner, like he still gets credit for like, it's not his. So he has the second most with 97. The only player in the last 20 years that has more than that, either game tying or go ahead field goals in the last minute. Can you take a guess? Mm, Kobe. Yeah. 101. So, um, pretty crazy between the two of them, 101 and 97. Yeah, that and is go nuts. ahead or game tying shots within the last 20 years. And obviously that's one and two. I would love to know. I only saw the stat for those two. I would love to know what Steph's number is because I think it's got to be high. I, you know, it might only be like 50 because he hasn't played as long as those guys. But I'd love to know. I'd love to know wh- who third was, like how far ahead they are. And then maybe give me the best. Well, LeBron hasn't played. or I'm sorry. Michael didn't, didn't play for this long. But then tell me what Michael's number was. Right. Okay. Like through his career, that'd be a fun one. So. Anyway, um, but it's fun to watch LeBron at 36 years old um, still be legitimately the best player in the league. Another old guy that is trying to make a comeback that we <laughs> nice transition. Com- com- I know two for two today on this. Another old guy that we made uh, we had an argument about last year trying to to, to make a comeback um, is none other than. The greatest Gator of all time, Tim Tebow. What uh, your your boy actually signed today was out at uh, at workouts. I don't think it's it's not training camp just yet, but out at workouts with the team. Uh, what what are your uh, have you come off of your your take from last week about how this is the greatest moment I didn't in sports say history? This was the greatest thing in sports history last <laughs> week. That's not what I said at all. What I said is I would be surprised if it works. I don't really have an issue with a chance being given to a, a, a good guy. I think people are surprised because this time the politics is right in front of our face out in the sunshine as opposed to behind closed doors, which is where it normally takes place because I, I hope nobody's thinking it doesn't actually take place because it fully does all the time, all teams, lots and lots and lots. Um, but you know what? If somebody's going to get a chance given on, uh, you know, given to him, uh, he's a he's a good person for it to be on, right? Like, I, I mean, outside of football, there is not a lot negative that you can say about Tim Tebow. So if somebody is going to get a long shot, I'm glad it's him. I feel like it's got all the warm fuzzies of a Disney movie. You know, the only thing oh, Tebow didn't do was like percent co- Netflix makes a movie on this yeah. or something the or only, Disney or whatever. The only thing Tebow didn't do was like coach a like a little girl softball team or something, you know, like the, the, the uh, little league coach finally gets his chance to play in the NFL again after like, you could totally see the movie being um, written around it uh, for sure. You know, it's interesting. I read a few different articles today saying essentially that they think that Tim has um, a shot at making the roster, which that's one of the things that we've said, like we find hard to believe, but I, the arguments in the articles that I read did kind of make sense to me, essentially saying they don't think that Urban would would take a chance if they didn't think that there was a chance for him to make the roster, that basically they wouldn't uh, pull his chain, which I do think that that's the case. I think Urban thinks that there's a great chance for Tim to make the roster. I think Urban is too competitive to put him on the roster if he doesn't think he can help the team. But I think in Urban's mind at the moment, having not seen him work out in you know 10 years, 
he thinks he can make this roster. I do, um, uh, you know, there's there's so many different opinions out there on this. If he doesn't make the roster, then who cares, right? Like, it's not, I, I think, that it's silly to argue about it until he at least makes the 53-man roster. Um, and I've also heard the Jags have absolutely nothing at tight end. That's what I, that essentially is, like, everything I've read is essentially said the Jags are so abysmal at tight end that it's not actually that far-fetched to think that he would make the roster as a tight end, which I, I don't know if that says more or less about the Jags or Tebow, but, um, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know that this would be an option on any other NFL team. I think the way that their tight ends are um, makes this a unique situation. Obviously it's unique with urban Meyer being the head coach as well. Um, But like we talked about last week, you know what, this is, this is great. This is what anybody that has been holding on to Tebow should have made it in the NFL needs, because if he doesn't make this 53 man roster, it will not be for any other reason other than the fact that he doesn't have what it takes anymore to be on a roster, right? Urban Meyer is not cutting him for any other reason. Would you them. would you be okay with Derek Jeter, who's been retired for eight years, coming back and saying, "I want to play catcher"? Probably. <laughs> to me, it's I saw somebody tweet that. I can't take credit for the uh, for the thought there, but but I'm also not giving it to whoever tweeted it. So sorry. Uh, that to me, it's the same level of uh, if they're listening, they'll be all right. Uh, to me, it's kind of the same level of absurdity. You know, like it's you know. Was this needed? Okay, like here's your cute moment. We'll pat you on the head, and then you know because you're Derek Jeter again, because you're Tim Tebow, and you have the relationship um, with Urban, we'll let you do this. But otherwise, it's just it's kind of silly. I think but- there's a chance that Urban did it for Trevor Lawrence too, as a, like some sort of uh, mentoring position. Which again, we talked about this. I almost would have rather Trevor just Lawrence. Them th- yeah, I don't know. Backup QB. Trevor but, Lawrence threw a better ball ten years ago than than T. Like, when Trevor saying, Lawrence was eight, he threw a better mentoring ball. Mentoring him even on the field, I'm just um, mentoring him in general in life. Uh, Trevor Lawrence has made it abundantly clear in 87 bajillion interviews his entire career that Tim Tebow is his idol. So I don't know that I think that it's that far fetched to think that Urban might think you know using that psychology degree of his that he loves so much that having that idol around to ha- to help with this transition is, you know, I don't think that's that far-fetched. I think it's just hokey. Uh, how about it this? Might be, but so on the other side, we've got, you know, the God of all Florida sports ever, Tim Tebow. Um, you guys is goat. Uh, not, he's not the only one that's trying to make this comeback. So Kelvin Benjamin, uh, mm-hmm. national championship game winning catch. Uh, against Auburn, Florida State Seminole is also doing his best to make a comeback. Um, signed with the Giants to play tight end as well, and so a um, little bit of a different situation. He's been out of football for like two years, as opposed to what eight to ten, whatever Tebow's been out. But Tebow's who a- has who who has the more successful on your on field season this year? Who, are you going with KB or Tebow? Um, I mean, like we, I would assume I, we need a bet. We need a bet I would on assume, this because if not, you're uh, going to be. A I would assume Calvin, based on the fact that I would assume that making the transition from wide receiver to tight end is a hell of a lot easier than quarterback to tight end, um, and obviously he had, um, 
great, you know, he had success as a wide receiver in the NFL. But I mean, I don't think that this is grossly different, but I mean, it's different. And I think he'll have more success than Tim. It's pretty massively different, right? Well, I mean, how? (laughs) Um, Explain how. I think length of time and like you just like length of time is literally three times more, three or four times more. And well, yeah, transition from position is is also different. Like if if Tebow was a left guard and said like I want to play center, sure, like, ah, sure. Okay. But yeah, so I mean, like I'm for not, those I'm two reasons, that it's an easier transition, and I don't, and it's different. I just don't think it's like worlds different. I think that the same people that are going to say, "Oh, you're taking a roster spot from a rookie," or "Oh, you're too old," like let both these guys try. Who cares? What uh, like I on it? Who cares? Hopefully they. They both make rosters. Good luck to both of them. I think that would be a very cool story for either one of them. Do the Giants and Jags play? We need to go see this. Giants 2021 schedule. Because like this should be the game. I, you get, I, you'll get. you be wearing your Tebow jersey that you've already purchased. I will buy a Kelvin Benjamin jersey. I and, do not uh, wear and, jerseys. I am we'll of the go. mindset that jerseys I, are, I, can't be on anyone over the age of like 12. But I literally have you seen you in pictures of jerseys. In my husband's swam. jersey? <laughs> It was a oh, our engagement you went shoot. To, you our went engagement to you, pictures. I'm you went Eric's to UF. I never. Yeah. I have never worn a. I take that back. I wore my brother's. Uh-oh, see, it's coming out. Listen, it's coming I out. Wore my brother's. <laughs> Listen to you. Uh, to I want to say his last game. I wore my are, brother's jersey. That's the only time I've ever worn a jersey in the stands. I never wore Eric's jersey in the stands. I wore his for Eric Wilbur Day at his high school and for our engagement pictures. And I wore my brother's a, for his last game as a Gator. You That's are it. a early 30s <laughs> something uh, UF fan. We all know that you have the same feelings for Tim Tebow as every other Florida fan. You I, would wear a Tebow jersey. I actually knew Tim Tebow. He played yeah. with Eric. Um, so, but he was younger. He was, he's younger than us. Did you get the black Jags jersey or did you do you like the teal better? Like which one did you <laughs> I will not be wearing a Jags, <laughs> Bucks, or any other. <laughs> um maybe te- maybe the Tebow does get his shot here and um Proves people really well, proves people wrong, and then he can come play in Tampa next year. Eh, um, I mean, I feel like this only works in Jacksonville if it works at all. But I do good think teams don't good teams don't do things like this, is what you're saying. Bucks don't need <laughs> this for for sure. Um, the Bucks picked up Gronk, and here goes the Jags, like total Jags <laughs> picking up Tebow. So the Giants and Jags don't play this year, so we'll have to. You'll have to wear your jersey some other time, um, um, but it, it, I mean, you're you're crazy. But I'm I'm excited to see <laughs> what happens. Right, word. like this is um, uh, we're gonna see what happens. I the so the Jags only have one um, F tight end, which would be like your pass catching tight end on the roster right now, James O'Shaughnessy. So uh, there is, and I guess um, it. It says essentially there's room for backups that generally teams carry four tight ends, which I didn't even realize. Um, They signed a guy strictly as a blocking tight end. Um, There is a fifth round rookie that we took that the Jags took um, that is also a blocking tight end. So Tebow making the, the 
roster would essentially be as a backup to James O'Shaughnessy if it happens, which would be a fourth tight end on the roster, which apparently is somewhat common. Um, so, I, I mean, I wouldn't expect if he makes this roster that that means that there's going to be like a large role for him. But I think that there is a legitimate path to making the, the team. Yeah, and then you also save money because you can just use him as like dual roles with like team chaplain. So right. I mean, maybe so it does work out well. There, um, you he could MC, you know, if you're doing uh, any sort of pep rally or something like that. So the I mean, Jags maybe the Jags are, really thought this through, and they're probably not going to be that good anyway. And so, I mean, he gives a hell of a speech after losses. Like I'll say that, true. you know, That's like he's true. emotional. So I don't know how much of an impact it's going to have. Like he was obviously playing with like otherworldly talent at Florida, but uh, I don't, you know, and, and these are still the Jags, right? Nice. Uh, Trevor Lawrence in the Jags roster is like the, you know, chandelier, chandelier in the double wide, but you know, impassioned speeches for sure. Soon come to the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, all right, last thing, and then we'll get out of here. Lightning got Stamkos and Kucherov back for the playoffs and are up 2-0 in the series. Game three tonight. Oh, yeah. Um, it feels like we were just watching. It feels like we were just watching both these sports, just watching the Lakers and the Lightning and all these playoffs happen, and they're back again. Kind of were, but I'm if, glad they're back. If both of my teams win again, which Colorado is really, really good. So like, I kind of worry about getting to the Stanley cup final and then winning it there. So we'll see. But if both of my teams win again, I'm going to be pretty reckless. Like I, gosh, you know, could you imagine like, cause like what happened? The, those championships were in October. So you had, uh, bucks and I'm sorry, you had lightning and Lakers win in October. Then the rays in late October didn't end up, uh, Winning, but Close. win the World Series, and then the Bucks win in February, and then we're right back to playoffs and NBA and NHL again. And it's hard; it's a hard; it's a hard sports life over here for me. So, uh, pray for your boy. Just a lot of winning going on, and you like oh, bourbon, so those are some dangerous combinations. So much winning! I was just messaging Scott today, both about bourbon and Tebow. So he could have just hosted this for me and we'd have been oh, on the same page. Perfect. Um, <laughs> I could have heard you guys argue instead of even hearing us. Oh, um, I mean, you should see our text messages all day long. <laughs> we don't argue about bourbon. <laughs> um, all right, cool. Well, that's all we got. Quick show today. We'll get out of here, but uh, we'll be back next week. Of course. Thanks guys so much for your interactions and your thoughts. We'll be back to argue more about Tebow when he does something else dumb uh, that I can't stand. So, I'm just bitter from like all the college years. Like maybe that's all of it. I mean, you can understand he did that, right? Kick your ass a lot. So yeah. Speaking of that, okay. Last thing I said, I I had one thing, but I saw an article that was written on November 30th, 2012. Do you remember what happened around that time, November 30th, 2012? No. So I don't remember that, what happened yesterday. So that was so last week in November 2012. That was the last time Florida beat Florida State before. Florida State went on their run, right? Mm -hmm. Seven straight games. <laughs> I read an article from, I don't want to mention who, but he runs the Alligator Army site. Um, actually, I will. Andy's such an idiot. So anyway, he runs the Alligator Army site. And this is a legitimate quote from that article. It said, Florida's, <laughs> remember what happened to Florida and Florida State after that 2012 game said Florida's verging on greatness on defense and looks to be rebuilding a great offense. 
Florida State is going to have a hard time getting better on either side of the ball than it was this year. Again, referring to 2012. And with Florida getting the Knowles at home next year and taking back the lead in recruiting, this feels like the beginning of another run by the Gators. Obviously, after that article was published, Florida State won seven straight games. Uh, they did get a little bit better on offense that next year in 2013 by scoring the most points that had ever been scored in a college football season. Their defense held teams to 12.1 points a game, and they also finished an undefeated season with both the Heisman and the national championship. So anyway, I don't know how I saw that article today. It got sent to me in a message, <laughs> and I thought it was relevant. And so when you said that, I still had the article open on my um screen so i figured i'd flip over and, and and do that but a ton of uh a ton of old take ex- told old takes exposed um essentially the the title of the article was <laughs> oh god it just gets so much better the title of the article was essentially how uh must champ is going to be the next heir apparent to saban and not fisher and then obviously fisher turn you know turn around to win the next seven straight against uf must champ was out two years later just absolutely you know but as an offensive coach fisher may not be quite as effective of a perfectionist and then you know things just went the other way uh so. speaking of fisher did you see the comments that he made about um about nick saban oh my gosh absolutely asinine and he's why would you <laughs> and kick now he like is that? going to get curb stomped yeah like it wasn't going to happen anyway but yeah that that's oh saban takes absolutely all right do you have i ever told you my very favorite nick saban story no Okay, I'm going to tell you real quick before I get out of here because this is my favorite Nick Saban story. So um, in high school, Nick Saban's family owned a gas station, right? So he was always um, covered in grease and and had dirty fingernails and, you know, whatever. And I'm, I'm pretty sure he and his wife went to rival high schools. But either way, he knew who she was all through high school and she had no idea who he was. He apparently had like a great game their senior year and caught her attention and he won her heart. and whatever they've been together ever since. So there was a high school reunion. I believe it was her high school reunion, but either way, the high school reunion, they go back to it and turns out that her high school boyfriend who she dated up until she started dating Nick now owns a gas station. So Saban, very Saban-esque on the way out of town, make sure to stop at that gas station. Um, And then make sure to tell Terry, Hey, look around. If you had married so-and-so, this would have been all yours. And she looks at him and goes, Oh no, if I had married so-and-so he'd be the head coach at Alabama. (laughs) I like that. Uh, obviously we know Saban's like super witty and super smart and obviously great communicator. I like that. She was able to just give it right back to back. I know that's probably why they've been married as long as they have. Um, yeah, not the smartest comments by Jimbo by any means, but you know, Hey, to, you know what? There wasn't my coach that badmouthed Bama, so I, they've already ruined my program. better than SEC football. You cannot beat it. And we're only about 100 days away. Yeah, nothing better than Alabama putting that conference on its back one more time. And oh, come on, you, please. And you guys carrying them on. So Okay. With, on okay. That, <laughs> Florida, LSU, Auburn, and Alabama have all won national championships in the last 20 years. How many from the ACC have? I don't cheer for a conference. I don't, I don't, well, I don't, I'm just I don't, telling I don't, you that. I don't, I don't, you know, I, you, and it's, actually, not upset, it's not upsetting me for you to, three of those four have won multiple. It's so. not upsetting. It's not upsetting me that you're crapping on the ACC. Like I, I I'm okay with that. Um, okay. 
you know. All right. Well, let's get out of here. Yeah, before I get in trouble. So we can debate um, the SEC versus, again, no one because I don't like the ACC next week. So uh, thank you guys for tuning in. We appreciate the engagement, the interaction on social media. Um, if you could retweet this, share this, subscribe, whatever, all those things that I'm supposed to say. And we will be back next week and talk to you guys then. 